Good afternoon, everyone. Great to have you for another episode of the Inner Revolution podcast. Very excited to be with you as always. There's not a day that we're not excited to be with you, right, Atul? Yeah, absolutely. It's always a pleasure, Pastor Jason. Every time I'm here and you are here, something crazy happens. Hey, we love being together. We do. We enjoy the Lord. And today we have an awesome guest, not just a special guest, but an awesome guest, Andy Castro. And he is a dear friend. Uh, he's a teacher. He's a new dad of two kids, um, amazing wife, and just has a real heart for apologetics. And uh, today he's going to share some thoughts with us uh, about tough questions, uh, doubt, um, the gospel in life. How does it fit? Uh, I think today in our world there's a lot of stuff trafficking in the air and sometimes it's hard for us Christians to answer the tough questions. And so uh, Andy's going to be our answer man today. Howdy. <laughs> but great to have you, Andy, and go as God leads you today. All right. Thanks, Pastor Jason. So I'm going to start off with a little provoker, and it is um, a quote from Max Planck. He's an undercredited uh, scientist, physicist around the same time of um, uh, Einstein and uh he would have been just as famous as Einstein, except that a lot of his material was lost at the end of World War II. Um, so here's a, here's a provoking statement that he makes. It's like a little paragraph, so bear with me. A new scientific truth does not triumph by convincing its opponents and making them see the light, but rather because its opponents eventually die and a new generation grows up that is familiar with it. An important scientific innovation rarely makes its way by gradually winning over and converting its opponents. It rarely happens that Saul becomes Paul. What does happen is that its opponents gradually die out and that the growing generation is familiarized with the ideas from the beginning. Another instance of the fact that the future lies with the youth. That's a uh, Max Planck quote. And uh, I was just with an older gentleman this morning helping him out set up his Skype account because um, he's so lost in the technology. He thought he needed his computer up and running. I said, hand me your phone. And uh, he's got a smartphone, so he was plenty capable of doing a, um, an interview. A he needed to have a, um, a video interview, uh, as we all do these days with uh, the COVID scenario, situation scenario. Um, so, uh, yeah, he, he, he made the statement perfectly for me. He said that I, you guys grew up with this stuff. It comes, it comes so much more naturally to you. For me, this is, I might as well be trying to talk Chinese right now or speak a different language. It's, I'm just so unfamiliar with it. Um, well, this, um, quote that I just shared with you, uh, speaks to that a little bit that, um, a new generation is able to process change much better than a previous generation. And the, the challenge with our time that we're living in is the, the speed at which things are changing. And um, I do believe that, um, here's the crux, that the church needs to, um, like, not keep up with culture, but, un but at least have a degree of understanding of where the culture is at. Because um, we live in Christian America, it's an anomaly in human history, what, what, what this nation is, uh, that it actually had Christian roots or foundation. Um, no other besides the Jews could, could say anything to that. To that. Um, uh, and uh, now we are living in a post-Christian uh, nation, a Western civilization, as Os Guinness put it, is a cut flower 
um, society, um, uh, civilization, meaning it's disconnected from its roots and uh, it's withering fast. And hmm. the question is, uh, what do we do? Uh, and Christians get lost in the politics and the and the sociology and the economics. And of course, Christ remains our savior through it all. Uh, it's just a matter of contextualizing the gospel so that uh, it's understood and heard. Uh, what's the point of sharing a message if it's not understood? So that's all that we're trying to get at with um, apologetics maybe, um, is um, hearing, understanding the question, and then being able to come back with something that they're going to be able to do something with. Um, otherwise, um, it's otherwise you're deemed irrelevant, and, and that's an unfortunate um, situation to find uh, yourself in as a Christian minister. So, uh, wh where do we start? Well, um, as Pastor Jason said, there's this expression, "the gospel in life," and that's a Tim Keller expression. And and basically, you know, the it, it's very simple that God, that Christ is um, the Spirit of God dwells within us as believers, and. And as far as apologetics go, we need no greater witness of reason or facts than the Holy Spirit residing in the believer. And that's our ultimate witness of the truth. Uh, but that's not going to cut it for a, a mind outside of my own mind. You know, like I'm actually dialoguing with somebody. And they're not going to come at the, the whole, the whole um, shebang the same way that I'm going to come at it in my thinking. So I, there needs to be a point of contact or a point... Uh, a meeting place for the dialogue to take place, and that's going to be um, uh, reason and uh, generosity, of course, um, compassion, a desire for the truth, beauty, and goodness, the, the transcendentals, the three transcendentals. Mm. Uh, and, if, uh, and if we share those same aims, then we're really going to make a lot of headway in our conversations with people. Um, so I think that this is the backdrop to apologetics, not, not just the, the five arguments that, uh, of natural theology that prove the existence of God, but uh, more like the, the person that I need to be when I'm in conversation with somebody is, uh, far outweighs the arguments that I'm going to present. So um, with that, I would love to just bring in these guys for, the, for a little dialogue and conversation. Well, I'm speechless. <laughs> That's what Jason, go ahead. Well, I, I'm like, my head is spinning right now. <laughs> I mean, I think, Andy, you articulated some huge points that I'd love to unpack because that's my favorite word these days because I love camping. No. Uh, you said something incredible. And, you know, um, the cut flower society, right? no roots. Can you talk about that? Like, I got this amazing picture when you said that. Okay, you, you, cho you take out, you, you cut the rose off the bush, you enjoy it for a day or two, and then it dies. Uh, what did you mean? Just in light of the gospel, you said also to have a, a pure context so you're not irrelevant. So maybe, I don't know how those right. connect. No, but that's, that's good. So uh, this is Os Guinness uh, speaking, and um, he says that basically a summation of the, the, the American founder's vision of America is that uh, freedom requires virtue, virtue requires faith, and faith requires freedom. Uh, and so you could break down each of those uh, legs of that triangle, and it's basically that um, if I, if I, with my freedom, um, go and commit a crime, then I'm going to find myself in less freedom at, after that because you know I've got something on my record. Even if I, you know, I'm going to get caught, it's going to catch up. It's going to come back back to bite me one way or another. If I'm in jail, I'm not really enjoying my freedom anymore, right? So um, if I live virtuously, then my freedom is sustainable. Uh, but if I am not, but where do I 
really get a sense of a need to be a virtuous person, and that's got to be something outside of myself that's beckoning me uh, to be good, to be a good person, to be a virtuous person, to be a person of moral and character. Um, and that's going to require a faith of some sort. And of course, there's not there's a lot of religious notions out there, but there's not so many that actually uh, do 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 the job that. Uh, Nothing like Christianity, we would argue, of course, that there's a personal God that loves you and cares for you, and he he knows where you're at, but you know, but he calls you to a higher standard, and and, and of course, that's where the grace message comes in, the salvation of man apart from works through the, through Christ. But yeah, um, and then it, I can't really a society can't really claim to support um, freedom of religion without freedom itself. So mm-hmm. that's why that's why the American project t- took place in the first place. So uh, yeah, this is Os Guinness's um, vi- vision of the founding fathers of America, you know. Uh, yeah. Let me ask you another quick question, uh, just because I want to draw it out of you, because for our listening audience, Andy has a real mind for this in a study of apologetics, and uh, he's a sharp tool, which is great, you know, thinking... Uh, with all that's going on in our world, um, a lot of doubt is in people's minds. Um, maybe people are wondering, like, where is God with this pandemic? Um, if God is so good, why is he allowing so much evil to reign? And, uh, you know, what do we do with the doubts? And maybe answer that question. How do we help someone uh, to come to the conclusion that God is ultimately in control and God is... God is God, and He's never and He's never diminished, never diminishes. So, I mean, how would you approach that? Uh, yeah. Well, there's two responses to the problem of evil and suffering. Uh, one is like an intellectual argument, you know, and the other is like a personal, immediate remedy. Uh, and if someone's really going through someone, they're not going to need the you know intellectual argument at that point in time, but they're going to need the immediate remedy. They're going to need someone to empathize and um, sympathize and, and come alongside them to help them through their situation. And that's going to do far better than uh, in their service uh, than any, uh, you know, argument ever could. Um, could there be a reason for uh, su- evil and suffering? I believe yes. Um, is there re- resources in the Christian faith to get us through the struggle of today, the struggles of today? Also yes. And, and uh, those are two different um, answers, but two things to consider for someone struggling. Mm-hmm. Excellent, excellent. Atul, anything you want to say? Yeah, you know, I as I was listening to you, as Pastor Jason just mentioned, like there's certainly a lot of doubts in our church and people, uh, especially those who grew up in a church and and kind of got caught up in a Christianity based on experience and things that they see so how do they what is how do they find truth what is truth to them and how do they find truth right yeah so what is it like what is the origin of truth to them because by sight because they know everything they've heard it but it has never resonated in their hearts right yeah relativism doesn't really go so far um, I do appreciate that we live in a pluralistic society where that is to say, like, you know, I don't have to see the world the same, the exact same way as my neighbor does. Um, uh, that's something that, that's also a new, something that makes America, you know, unique. Uh, but there's, like, there's common aims we are, we, we are, uh, we're actually seeking to achieve. We're, 
um, in our own way, exercising our freedoms that don't conflict with each other. Um, uh, that's the libertarian perspective. Uh, um, and um, as far as, can you re repeat that, the question? Like, uh, for, because I, like, for example, I grew up in a church and I was been around the word most of my life, but there's never been a regeneration change in my right. heart. You know what I mean? There's never been a, birth, a new birth that has taken place because it's been what I've heard all my life. This is how I guess say John 3, 16, Ephesians 2, 8, you know, those words, but they have never been a change in my heart. Yeah. And, how do, and how do those people find truth? Right. Do you know what I mean? It's faith versus like my cultural Christianity, perhaps. Well, that's mm. uniquely right, cultural Christianity. Because yeah. that is basically based on you know, legalism, and you are, you're moralistic, you're doing good, you go to church, you are raised in a church, you have heard the gospel, but there's never been a change in my heart, because change only happens when the biblical truth of the gospel gives me life, and that change takes place in my heart, right? Yeah, Pastor Jason, you've traveled to the Midwest a good bit, and you've seen, like, maybe something that I've noticed being out there as well, like that, the, the churchianity. Yes. And it's like, you know, the kids are like, okay, which church am I going to be a part of now? And there, a lot of it has to do with what the pros and cons of each youth group, like what services do they offer, you know, and like <laughs> uh, people that the expression church shopping, right? Yes. You know, it's like, it's a funny thing, right? And it shouldn't really be like, you know, shouldn't, shouldn't we be seeking God that's a real thing right now. Yeah. It's, it's, it's generational. Uh, it's like generation after generation kind of fall into that trap. All right. Doing good things and believing that, okay, I am saved. I am uh, I'm going to heaven. But there's never been a change in my life. You know, it's just I go to church. I go to the youth groups. And I go home and I go on do my, you know, mm -hmm. go to my next thing event in my life. But when I, if I am a Bible-believing, born-again Christian, and if there's a little bit of a failure, there's a conviction, and conviction that take place in my heart. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? And does that? How do you? Is that take place in a, you know, a person? And well, in a big church context, yeah, that can be. That's an added challenge. You know, like uh, uh, the there in a big church, there's less accountability perhaps most likely <laughs> yeah. um, and so we 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 have to be intentional about our discipleship yes. um, a lot of people like to call it spiritual formation today which I think is fine a way to express it but yeah we have to be intentional about our discipleship and um, I like what you guys are doing with a, having a podcast there's dialogue involved and I, I think that that's so a huge part to this that we're actually in conversation because we can get we can we can get direct contact with the questioner and it's, you know, it ought to be based on a relationship, of yeah. course, but um, tease out some of the questions, the concerns, the doubts. Uh, that's got to that's gonna take some time, but uh, well worth the time. I, maybe another thought, like you hear a lot, I, I've heard a lot in past uh, four or five years about emotional evangelism. It says something that is really a huge in Christianity today. Can you talk a little bit about it? Uh, An emotional evangelism. evangelism. Like what what does that mean? It means like uh, I am so I am doing stuff, but there's my heart and soul, but my my, my mind is not in it. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. It's a, it's really it's mind, soul, and heart. It has to be together in order for me to evangelize. I can't just go out 
and do things because I want to. It has to be something motivating the Holy Spirit. And something I was just, just reading on it today, and it's like a big thing that is taking place in our culture today and in big churches, you know, perhaps like ours. I'm not saying that we have that problem here, but a lot of people today fall into that trap of, you know, it, it motivated by emotions rather than the uh, Holy Spirit. That's what I meant. Yeah, maybe I could say just sure. two words, Andy, just on that. Just um, it, It's amazing how people are motivated by guilt or they're made motivated by herd mentality. Everyone else is doing it, therefore I have to. And I think really our call is to enjoy God. It's to have the gospel in life. I like, I like this statement. I want you to build on that in a mm -hmm. minute. But just think out loud here that God calls you, God equips you for the work that he has uh, led you to. And it's first to enjoy him, to know him, to follow him. Uh, and of course, maybe there's no emotions, but God gives you that emotion and enthusiasm uh, in the way. You know, he'll equip you for the measure that you're supposed to have. Sure. But I, I think you mentioned the Midwest. I think trials and tribulations are, are necessary because it takes what we think we know and brings it to our heart. It troubles us to really say this question, do I really believe what I believe? And why do I believe what I believe? Am I, am I just piggybacking with borrowed convictions or do I really know the person behind my, my thoughts or the person behind the Bible? Is there real critical thinking? Is there Bible verses? I'm not just quoting people, but I'm quoting Bible verses, right? There's something that's an absolute truth that I hang on to. So, Andy, I thought maybe you could just unpack a little bit more about the gospel in life. Uh, I know I love that word, and you love it too. Yeah, I know we're seriously going to trademark that word just for you. Yeah. I got a t-shirt made for uh, you. <laughs> so, speaking about t-shirts, we're getting t-shirts are coming. Uh, and two X for you, not three X. Uh, it's two X. Now it's two X. Well, I love some. You ate, lo you ate less ice cream this week. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Andy, go ahead. So, yeah, I think... Sorry um, for our, no, our it's good. barbarianism, it's good. barbarianism over here. I think young people want to live meaningfully and consistently with their worldview. And so um, a young person is looking for affirmation, mm -hmm. and they'll do anything for, you know, that security of uh, that I am loved, you know. Um, and uh, that's a real power that, you know, we should wield wisely uh, because people are looking up to us, you know. Um, so, uh, I also make a distinction between an authoritative approach and a reason-based approach, and there's a time for both, and, and the Bible clearly has both. Um, um, I would say that uh, the dialogue is, is going to naturally gravitate towards a, a more reason-based approach, and the monologue is going to gravitate toward a more authoritative approach, like, don't interrupt me, you know, like, you know, like... Uh, Let me interrupt you. <laughs> yeah, exactly, like, you know, it's like, so it's like, you know... Um, I think getting to the discussion is going to really go a long way with people. And, and let's talk about this for a second, too, because uh, the, the social media thing, um, because um, uh, we don't, you know, it's for an older generation. It's, it's an enigma. You don't know what to do with it. And um, uh, we are, we, you know, we should grapple with it is my approach. Uh, we should understand it. We should uh, it's not going anywhere, of course, just like the internet, just like the cell phone, just like the telephone, just like the radio, just like the satellite. You know, it's like, okay, so, okay, <laughs> Google's here to stay, and uh, <laughs> let's figure it out, right? 
Um, no, it's it's funny. Like I was. Uh, um, Google's listening already. I just, yeah, I just activated. Well, actually, oh Google goodness. is taping everything just, we're saying. Right? It's crazy. It's crazy. I have one of those Google Minis in my kitchen, and my ads and my internet for the rest of the day are everything I talk to my wife about. It. Breakfast. Yeah. Even uh, what was that? Uh, like that little machine that what you what do you call that? There's a name for it. Um, computer? No, no, no <laughs> not computer. Um, uh, Speaking of antiquities, Alexa, Alexa. Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, Google Mini. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That thing just—it's like records everything you're saying. It's like, but it's maybe it's a good thing. You ever ask? You ever ask Alexa a question about God, and it, it, freaky answers come out like, oh, "We are not." Uh, Should we do that now? Uh, <laughs> I'm like, not just kidding. We are not programmed to answer that question, or something like that. Anyway, anyway, yeah, we, go we, ahead. Go we, ahead. So we you're diverged here. Agreed. Andy, yeah. go ahead. As, as a teacher, we try to keep cell phones out of the classroom. So every so often, I'll just say from the front, hey, Siri, or you know, like, oh. <laughs> make, sure, make sure no one's hips are buzzing. You know? okay, so, um, we should try that. Yeah, yeah. So well, Your phone just went off. So <clears throat> Yeah, exactly. So the gospel in life, I, I like to think of, like, what is the church to do and it, you know, in this world, in this context? I think of John 17 a lot, um, uh, that, like, in the world but not of it, um, uh, I read one article that kind of said, let's sum let's summarize that a little differently. And it's, um, and how did it go? Not of, but sent into. Mm -hmm. And there's a reason, we're not just playing with words here. There's a reason because there's an emphasis on the, in the world, but not of it. And it could easily translate to an escapism mentality where it's like, uh, I, you could even be in the middle of a dense city like Baltimore and, be, a, and live as a monk in a Christian community, you know, in an enclave. And and I'm concerned about that. I, we I'm very I'm very interested in popping the Christian bubble, you know, because um, uh, there's a world out there that needs us, and and that requires a measure of interaction. And so, uh, of course, naturally, there are places where there are opportunities for interaction: our neighborhoods, our workplaces, uh, you know. And uh, if you're a if you're a mother, you're in a park, mm. you know, with with the kids, you know. If you are, if you have a pet, you're walking your dog, and you're going to bump into those people. It's like there's a million different points of interaction with people, and it's like, are we engaged? Or are we so occupied with the ministry that we walk past these people? Uh, which is, you know, we know that parable or that um, uh, that Christ uh, shared with us. Uh, um, how does that story go? Uh, the man walks past uh, the uh, the injured. Uh, the, good the, Samaritan. Samaritan. The, good yeah. the Good Samaritan, and one of the characters there was a religious figure on his yeah. way to the temple, you know, right? Yeah. So it's like, you know, uh, there's, there's, a, there's a, you know, a hurt and needy people everywhere, and, um, you know, we got we to gotta take advantage of our points of interaction with people and uh, see how the gospel um, takes, uh, take, takes over our lives in, in all these departments and, and break, break up the... the compartmentalization you know like of like my church life and my yeah. secular life and my secular life is just funding my ministry that's happening in another in another sphere you know social media i'm with you i think it's a good thing if you know how to handle it of course you're not, you're not going to give a kid a gun if they don't have not been trained of course uh, maybe that's not the good example here but yeah. you're not going to give a one-year-old a big steak and and, and have right. him go at it but with social right. media there needs to be you know some training etiquette and such but um i love what our pastor recently said you know be social 
Don't just All right, don't yeah. don't just be on social media. Yeah. Be engaging. Nothing takes the place of face to face interaction. But I want to go back to this breaking the bubble because I love this because there are broken people everywhere. We're mm. all broken, right. and um, if I think I'm better than someone else, then I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a fool actually because we're all a product of the grace of God and and recipients of grace. And how much our world needs it today. Uh, so going back to doubts and you know uh, just thinking like is this really for real like I think our faith can really be active it can be uh, the reality of God can be very apparent because you said at the very beginning the five points are of the existence of God I think you said reason uh, beauty uh, oh, the, the three th- the three transcendentals, right? Yeah. Well, can you the reason, beauty? Give it, give the, give those again, because right. People said, you know, someone said, oh, when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask God, truth. you know, God, why weren't you more obvious, or why, you know? But actually, right. He's everywhere to the person who's awake. Bertrand Russell said that. Yeah. Pastor Shallow used that quote recently. Yeah. yeah. Not but enough evidence. That's yeah. what Bertrand Russell would say. Not enough evidence. But He's yeah. everywhere. Psalm 19 is a great example. Oh like, yeah. Oh, but tell I us totally about, believe that. Yeah. Tell us about it's almost it's more unnatural to disbelieve in God. It it, it comes naturally, and that just speaks to human experience and, and and human history. Like naturally, man has been believers. Men have been believers, and it, it's 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 a suppress. It's certainly a Romans one or or is that one or two su- suppressing the truth in unrighteousness. Certainly. Yeah. Well, let me ask you something exactly here. Let's say the listener works with co-workers that are unsaved. What are some ways without using the Bible, maybe someone doesn't believe the Bible is real. We do, of course, but what are some tools that we can present the gospel without using the Bible? Right. Well, certainly um, these things will come up and out of respect, you can ask a question that uh, does a measure of probing. Um, but um, I, I don't find it disrespectful if someone asks me a question out of the blue. You know, it, it, could, be, it could be appropriate. It could be a, a difficult circumstance in that you, you say, hey, this is how I, this is how I see this, and, and you help them understand. You come alongside them in a difficult situation. Like you said, I mean, everyone's going through something. And uh, if maybe there's different types of people. Maybe people just want just like to talk about this stuff, and then you and then you challenge them. Very interesting. So I've watched a lot of apologetics material too, and sometimes it's like pressing them, mm-hmm. and that's the only thing that's going to be the wake up call for somebody. And so there's a there's a time and place for that. If if you're being intellectually honest and you're willing to go where the evidence takes you, then then you can hold someone else to the same accountability. Uh, I think that's very important. Like, I think we need to be intellectually honest, say when we don't know what we don't know or what, what I can go and find out for you or something like that to that, to that sort. Um, and um, you can ask them the same, you can, you can hold them to the same measure. And you can say, hey, uh, I, this is interesting to me. I love you. I think, I think it's important. You know, and you kind, of cont- you kind of put that in context for them. Hey, I think life is no joke. It's, it's, not, it's not easy to get through it, to navigate it. And I believe that... Uh, Christianity has something for you in whatever your situation you might find situation you might find yourself in. Mm. Now, do you think that is more relevant now in this generation that people want an evidence of God? Sure. So I look at the pop culture. So you hear a lot when you go to college campuses, right? And they. they Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, there's a block. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's the result of pop culture. But the there's like I see I see like two planes: the the academic plane and the pop culture plane. And in the academic plane, there's, um, as one 
Christian apologist said, like, there's a re renaissance of Christian thought in the last 40, 50 years. Uh, it's very interesting that, like, uh, God, God, God is dead, the, the Nietzsche quote, God mm -hmm. is dead. And then, like, t Time magazine did, like, something on it, like, in the si early 60s or something. God is dead. And then, like, two years later, is God, is God back or is God alive again? And, and there's, like, these two back-to-back editions only separated by a few years. And it's, like, in the in on the intellectual strata, there's been, like, there there's been a lot of progress. Well, let me give you one example. Um, cosmology, like, the study of the universe. Like, um, if the universe had a finite beginning... It had a definite beginning, beginning a finite time ago, then the universe is not in, e eternal in the past, and mm. therefore uh, there had to be some sort of initial cause. Mm. And there's different wow. theories as to what that is, but it's very validating of the Christian worldview because, like, no Christianity, uh, Judeo Christianity, uniquely put a claim there, put a claim out there, 4,000 years BC, uh, that there was that the universe began at a at a given point created by God. When a lot of the uh, idea was wrapped around an eternal universe, so that's an interesting thing. How science is actually uh, coming to Christianity's aid here. To yeah. Well, I tell you, Andy, you that kind is. of like brought up another amazing point there. <laughs> like, I'd love to have you on again. Just just thinking in these days, like you said, being intellectually honest, I think we can approach the gospel from an intellectual way, a moral way, a spiritual way, an emotional way. But I think if we present the person of Christ, then the Holy Spirit will persuade. And I love what you're saying because we're not naive. We don't live in canned statements or conceptualisms, but we're, but we're just presenting the truth, and uh, the Holy Spirit has to convince and, and change the mind. But I think to be relevant, to, uh, to also be good listeners, uh, and I think asking the questions like do you really believe that like why do you believe what you believe and probing i love that word probing and because sometimes it's just you scratch behind the surface and it's like you know it's just well, well i believe it because uh it's it's the popular thing to do or i believe it because my parents believe it or but when it becomes ours it becomes something that changes our life but but a tool we have to end any last words yeah you know i am um, i was listening to this uh um, analogy today where uh, this woman came to a pastor and she said um, I um, I want to leave our church because I'm tired of everybody's a hypocrite everybody talks about me everybody does this and every she's complaining 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 so the pastor took a glass of water and he put it in her hand and he said why don't you go around the church and come back to me <laughs> and she did so she walked around the church and did the whole circle and she came back to him and she said um, what did you see what what happened did she uh, she said nothing I was just focusing on the glass of water he said yeah you're right you weren't worrying about what was around the noises that were around what people were saying but your focus was the glass of water and I think that's what it is uh, in our lives our focus has to be God and the truth which is in the glass, in a, in a, in a sense, mm -hmm. is a glass of water. As long as we find our focus in Christ, then all the answers, questions get answered. There it is. Because you know what? You know, some people say, I have to see it to believe it, but actually you believe it, it and then you see it. Well, hey, we got to wrap this <laughs> up. Andy, awesome, extraordinary today. We should do uh, one more podcast. I th I, I'm just fascinated because I think want to know more about this. Thanks, guys. Yeah. yeah. Good talk.
God All bless right. you. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and hopefully not the most wanted list. God bless you. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Inner Revolution podcast. Please find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Your feedback is always welcome. Thank you.